You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast, where we take a look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. Now let's join our hosts, Jeff Cross and Chad Ozzie, as we learn how to have an uncommon drive towards success. Uncommon Drive uh, with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozzie where we take a look at life and leadership and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. And, uh, you know, Jeff, people have at times called both of us odd. Mm. Uh, we like the word uncommon. Uh, it makes us feel a little bit better about ourselves. It's part of why we have that in our title. But one of the reasons that, that people have said that is because there have been times when they just don't understand why you might do some of the things that you do or why I might not do some things that I don't do. And sometimes it just doesn't make sense to people. And uh, I think one of the things that I really love about this episode today is it's going to be kind of our first list episode. Uh, We're going to talk about three things uh, that we feel stand in people's way. Mm. Um, You know, they're the three things that kind of lead to failure. They're the quickest ways to find failure, whether that's in officiating or in our general lives. And then we're going to talk about three things that we believe are paramount in finding success. And I think if we're all honest, we'd we'd like to find success. I mean, if we had to choose between one or the other, we would prefer to find success. But we're not always willing to do the things necessary to see that come to fruition in our lives. And so uh, we're going to start out today. Wait. Yep, go right ahead. Do you like lists? I am okay with lists. Lists are not my favorite thing. Yeah, but I'm okay with lists. I, you know, I'm okay with lists too. I think they, you know, for me, a list is like this pressure. You know what I mean? When I go to the grocery store and I have a list of five things that I get, I like. I feel this pressure to do this. You know, so it's 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 preventing me from going. Well, I want to go check out the detergent. You know, well, it's not on the list. You know, so I, 
I don't feel as as free when I have the list. I feel very restricted when I have the list. So that just consider this the arc. We are in the restricted arc. <laughs> There's only certain things you can do while yeah. you're in the arc without yeah. being penalized, yeah. and uh, that'll be good for us today. Just so you know, so for you listeners, I am going along with the list premise for there now. You go. So. I like it. I think the reason that Jeff's upset about the list is that he knows it's going to keep him to more of a time schedule. Yeah. And so instead of it just being whenever we finish, we're we're locked in a little bit more. So we can get through everything. He's like, okay, three minutes on this one. I'm like, oh, bro, I don't know. <laughs> so we'll try it. We'll try it's it. It's all right. Jeff takes longer than three minutes to order at the drive-thru at Wendy's. True. So it's all right. True. I need it without a bun, no ketchup, <laughs> yeah, yeah. extra bacon, and four you? extra pieces of cheese. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Take some while. Uh, yep. Here we go, guys. We're going to dig into the three things that we believe uh, help bring about failure in people's lives the quickest. And Jeff, as we put together our list, one of the very first things that came to your mind, in fact, the very first thing that came to your mind was that people just get in their own way, mm. that it's it's about their mindset. Right. Talk a little bit about what that means. Well, yeah, you know, the, the mindset is it, it, it starts, it's a 24-hour process. You know, and if we have a bad mindset from when we get up in the morning and then we take it in the afternoon and then we have that mindset into our game, it's, it's going to affect us just in that game. That's just a small portion you know, a lot of times, you know, we go through a game with a bad mindset, thinking, oh, well, this is my only D1 game this year, so, you know, I'm so whatever, and then we have that bad mindset. You know, we we tend to get on our own way through our brain, and our brain is going to, you know, it's it's pretty strong muscle. Actually, it's an organ, I think, right? I, I'm pretty sure that you're correct there, yes. I think, I think I'm correct. What, it's a muscle correct. or organ? No, it's, a, it's, it's an organ. Okay, yeah. right. I said muscle, but yeah. It's a very... If it's a muscle, then some of those people, you know, be growing and <laughs> bursting. And, uh, I, that's, that's just I do work. I do often joke, though, that, you know, not only do I want a six-pack abs, I would like to ha- I would like to be mentally, I like to have a mental six-pack also. Okay. So, I thought you were going to say mental keg, and I was in no, an entire uh, different no. direction there. So, all right. So, so I th- th- think sometimes that's what we do. You know, it's our mindset going into the process that we've embarked on. You know, we, we have a bad mindset or a good mindset. We're talking about the negatives. You know, our mindset is, is in a wrong spot for when games come out. You know, if we have a bad mindset, we're like, I can't believe I got the the number one, number 10 matchup, you know, you know, we have this bad mindset and it's just going to be so contagious for you and even to the people around you. And you'll find yourself when no one wants to be around you. And that's the first place I would look is what's your mindset like? Yeah. And, you know, I think that's really key. We all know those people that they have already decided it's not going to work. Yep. They've already decided it's somebody else's fault. Mm-hmm. They've already decided, fill in the blank, mm-hmm. you know, for your life. And you get to the point that you know that's what's going to come out of those people's mouths before you ever show up to the locker room mm-hmm. or you ever show up to the business meeting or you ever sit around the dinner table or whatever it might be. Um, and I believe it is an absolute first step towards moving to failure in your life. And not just not just mediocrity, not just managing through life or mm-hmm. being average, but that is an absolute big step towards failure. Yep. You know, another thing that we talked about that I think is is really significant and, and number two on our list for things that lead to failure is missing the margins. Um, and, and my philosophy for that is that, you know, we see the stuff that happens in the middle of the page as what our work is. 
You know, so if I'm working a basketball game, you know, knowing my rules and knowing my mechanics and wearing the right uniform and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's that's in the middle of the page. That's what everybody sees. But we all know that um, the reason that there's margins on a page is so that it's it's visually appealing. Like if you wrote from one edge of the paper to the other edge of the paper, that would look really messed up Mm -hmm. you know there's no space around it but in the things that happen in the space around our work there is so much opportunity for us to move towards failure um we've heard the phrase you know handle your business which is everything from taking care of your schedule and making sure you got stuff ordered on time and that you can get to your game on time and all that kind of stuff uh, but as we were talking before, you kind of mentioned that it, it even goes way beyond some of that handle your business kind of stuff. Talk a little bit about the, the ways that we can miss in the margins. Yeah, you know, and Chad's talking about, you know, when we talk about outside the margins and, you know, we're talking about keeping our calendars up to date. We're talking about, you know, making sure you get to a game on time, you know, those kind of things. I think it. I think it's more. I think it's more. I think it's more about, you know whatever if you're at a meeting and you show up walking through the lobby at 3 a.m stumbling drunk that's not good that's outside the margin and here we are even though you may be able to heck of a referee but everyone has saw you do this so it's it's just not you know above reproach we need to be above reproach in all things um even you know we talk about getting to a game on time well if we have to be at a game at two we have to arrive at two Tell me why you would only allow five minutes to spare. You know, those are things where those are outside the game. Yep, called a great game, but he was late. Mm-hmm. Still did the game till there on time, but he was late. He or she was late. Those are things that we just can't. We, we have to be able to get those. If we don't nail those, you will find yourself in a failure position in advancing. And, you know, let's even take that outside the world of officiating, you know, within that concept of, of margin, right? If if everything is so tight time-wise in your life that then people get squeezed out, mm. that's that's going to lead towards yep. failure. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about the fact that our, our families make sacrifices and all. Well, then on the, the time when we've said we're going to make them a priority, but we're late to that. Yep. Or we don't have as big a window as we thought mm-hmm. we were gonna have. Yep. You know that that changes yep. the way that that our trajectory goes. And now instead of heading on a trajectory towards success, we're absolutely headed towards failure. Well, I think the the stuff that we do, we fail at, or we 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 mess up, make mistakes outside the margins, are way more noticeable than the mistakes we make on the floor. Mm-hmm. If I show up wearing the pink whistle when it's only, you know, whatever, December and it's not February, then that mistake won't be as glaring as I showed up 10 minutes before tip. That is going to be a huge mistake. The pink whistle won't be, no, no, everyone can get by. I call a block charge, 100% charge when it's have been a block, that we can get through that. Yeah. We can't get through the fact that you know, you're showing up in wrinkly clothes or, you know, unshaven or whatever, or whatever, or whatever, or whatever, whatever that might be. So pay attention to outside the margin and then the margin will take care of itself. Yeah, absolutely. 
you know, the other thing that I, I think of in the midst of this is that us to our third uh, item that really leads us towards um, towards failure. I mean, it's not just keeping us from success. I mean, it really leads us towards failure. And that's the unwillingness to sacrifice. And I know sacrifice is a, a word that is both kind of glorified and vilified in our culture today, right? You know, some people say, well, you know, um, they've given this this great, they've sacrificed money so people could have this, or they've sacrificed time, they sacrificed whatever. Uh, but then there's also this idea that, well, I shouldn't have to sacrifice what I want, right? You know, there is this, this self-driven idea. I should be able to have all my hopes and dreams. I should be able to do all that. But yet we know that to experience success requires a, a certain amount of sacrifice in our lives. And yet we see so many people not just within the officiating world, but really all over the place, who are unwilling to sacrifice what are really ultimately small things in exchange for finding the success that, that comes from that. Talk, talk a little bit about that for us, Jeff. So, so you know, the, what comes to mind when you say sacrifice, you, you know, someone says, well, I really want to work Division One. I. I want to be a Division One referee, you know, as we'll say, right? Yeah. Well, okay. So, are you willing to take a game that is a seven-hour drive, and typically you would fly to, but you're going to drive because the weather's bad, and stay in a hotel the night before, so you'd be kind of close and sacrifice a whole day in order to do that? Most people don't understand that. Most people think, oh, well, listen, I only want a Division One game that is next to the house. I only want a Division One game that pays three thousand dollars. I don't want one that pays a thousand. You know, there's a big difference, mm -hmm. and the the lack of sacrifice that people have, and they probably don't even realize they're doing it. They just think it's oh well, you know, there's no why should I have to, you know, sacrifice half of my day in order to get to this game? I shouldn't have to do that. Well, then, that that is true. You don't have to do that, but don't on the other side of your mouth tell me that you want these things, you want to reach these goals, you want to find these successes. And that's where people, that's just one one example. Absolutely. The other sacrifice is, you know, whatever. Are you willing to miss your kid's birthday? Are you willing to miss your wedding anniversary? You know, not that you have to, mm -hmm. but these are all sacrifices that you probably think you don't have to do, but if you want to continue to elevate and continue to find success... That's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to find a way to, to get through those sacrifices and accept them for what they are. Sure. And, you know, you brought up a couple examples there, you know, which is a sacrifice of time, mm -hmm. right? Time and important events, time in your day. The, the reality is, is that we all sacrifice every single day. Mm -hmm. You're sacrificing something. Right. If, if you take an hour and a half lunch when you're only supposed to get 45 minutes... Well, you've sacrificed your employer's trust. Mm -hmm. That's what you sacrificed. Yep. Now, you got an hour and a half lunch. Yep. And you may feel like you got away with it. Nobody said anything when you came back to the office or mm -hmm. whatever. But that next year when that review comes around, they may not even say it, but it's already marked in the file. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, we sacrifice so many different things that 
that sometimes I don't I don't think we realize we're sacrificing. Now, for some people to to find success in officiating may mean they have to sacrifice at work. Mm-hmm. Now, instead of getting the promotion at the day job, mm-hmm. because they've worked out with their employer, they're going to leave early and they're going to be gone this many days. And they, they, they just may not advance there. And that's, that's a decision that they have to make. Am I willing to make that sacrifice? Or they may say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to sacrifice on the officiating side so that I have more time at my job mm-hmm. or more time with my family. Or maybe it's just for a season of life. Right. Right? I mean, how many... How many uh, female officials do we know that, that have made sacrifice because they're they're having children mm-hmm. and that takes them out of a season or half a season right. or whatever? I mean, that's an amazing sacrifice. And I don't think there's anybody that would question that sacrifice yeah. at all, but it's a choice. And so when we when we sacrifice something, what we're saying is there's something else I want more. If you went and bought a box of apple fritters and sat them in front of me and said, Chad, would you like an apple fritter? My answer will always be yes. Mm -hmm. I would like an apple fritter. In that moment, I didn't get a choice. Do I want to eat the apple fritter and sacrifice some other things that I've worked for? Mm -hmm. Or am I sacrificing that momentary taste that momentary high, that momentary whatever that comes from eating that apple fritter, am I willing to sacrifice that because the goals that I have set out for myself are greater than that moment of the apple fritter? Right. The the greater good, right? The greater yep. good is I, Chad wants to be healthy and, and keep his health and conditioning under control. So, yes, I do want an apple fritter. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna sacrifice by not doing this, or am I willing to take the apple fritter and sacrifice something? You know, another example I like to give is, you know, we all pay. Just to bring it back to officiating a little bit, and this this applies to anything really. But we we all pay a, a, a fee for NCAA, whatever that is, a couple hundred bucks, and 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 during that fee, they will supply you with three books: a case book, a rule book, and a CCA manual. Well, there was one year. They were running really, really late. They, for whatever reason, they just weren't coming. So I, I still wanted to pass the test. I wanted to prepare for the rules. I wanted to prepare for the season. So I had two choices. Just wait until they show up or sacrifice, download them in a PDF, go to the, like, the local staples, have them printed out for me so I can use that and take my test. I sacrificed time, money, you know, whatever else I was had planned for that day, you know, and then now I have two sets, but I, I was willing to make that sacrifice because I wanted to be prepared. I very easily could have said, I'll wait for my test to come. It's their, it's their responsibility to get my, my books to me. And until they do, I'll just wait. And then that's what happens. You will wait. And the other 100 people that went and got it printed out will be ahead of the, the curve. And... I think one of the things that we find is is that when it comes to our unwillingness to sacrifice, a lot of us say we want certain things. Hmm. But our ability to sacrifice or not determines if we actually want those things. Do we want to give lip service to it or not? I can say, as you said earlier, I want six-pack abs. Mm-hmm. Okay? 
you can say it all day long, but if nothing about your routine ever changes, mm-hmm. then you don't really want six-pack abs. What yeah. you're saying is, I'd love it if somebody could snap their fingers that I magically had six-pack abs. Right. We'd all love that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not willing to sacrifice this. I'm not willing to sacrifice getting up and going out and working and all these other things that it would take to make that happen. I want to be a Division One conference umpire, you know, but I'm not willing to go to camps to get better. Mm-hmm. I'm not willing to invest in the right equipment. I'm right. not willing to do these things. I, I'd love to work the, the JUCO region tournament for basketball, but yet... I, every time I get a JUCO game, I'm sitting there going, oh, well, this is just a JUCO game. I so I don't it. have to work that hard. I don't have to show up with my uniform taken care of. Yeah. I don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. And I treat it like it's less than the other games that I work. Well, then I don't really want to work yep. that JUCO tournament yep. because I just want the glory of getting to work postseason without putting in the effort to make it happen. And do you want to sacrifice, you know, how long are you willing to sacrifice? Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about time. We're not talking about, you know, 10 days, 20 days. Are you willing to sacrifice the next 15 years of your life for the chance at maybe getting a promotion? Yep. For the chance of maybe having your principal understand that you've worked hard for the past 15 years, we're going to give you an administration position. You know, those are the things you just don't want to... That's got to be the way of life for you. Not, oh yeah, I'll sacrifice today. It has to be a way of life for you. Yeah, so as we look back at it, we said that the, the top three steps that lead us towards failure is, first of all, we just get in our own way. Mm-hmm. Secondly, we, we miss the stuff in the margins. Yep. All that stuff that can trip us up, that can change the way people perceive us. A lot of times we miss that. And then the last one there is the unwillingness to sacrifice. But then just to piggyback right off of where Jeff went, the very first thing that we talk about when it comes to our building blocks towards success is, number one, the ability to grind mm-hmm. you know uh, there's a, a great umpire clinic out there where they use the phrase all the time keep grinding mm-hmm. keep grinding keep grinding what, what does it mean not just in the world of officiating but you know in life in general to continue to, to grind Jeff yeah I think you know grind for me if you if you were make me put a definition of grind is do it when you don't want to when you're not feeling good you still do it you're not feeling up to it you still do it you know, you, you, you don't, you don't want to get up early. You still do it. That is a grind for me. And it's, I mean, it's a constant war against all the elements, yourself included, to continue to grind and grind and grind until you find some sort of end, which if you're truly looking for elevation, you can grind until you get that first division one game. Guess what? Then the grind starts all over again. For the second division one game or whatever it is, the ten of them. So that to me, that's what grind means. Grind means when you don't feel comfortable, you still do it. As Joe Rogan says, that's a pro. A pro is someone who does it even when they don't want to, and that's what we need to do. And grind is not just about I'm going to grind today. Right. The reason it's a grind, the reason we call it the daily grind, mm-hmm. right? Going yep. to work and punching the clock yep. or doing whatever is because it's day. After day, after day, after day. Uh, if you want to be a good parent, it is a daily grind. Yep. If you want to be a good spouse, it's a daily grind. It means on those days when somebody's messing up and somebody's screwing it, 
you know, all of a sudden you step in and you're like, okay, I'm still willing to do the work. Mm-hmm. I'm still willing to show up. I'm still willing to be there. And uh, that's, that's huge for us to, to work in that kind of way. But amidst that work, you know, and, and you just talked about it a little bit ago with those, with those rule books. I mean, there is constant change mm-hmm. around us. Mm-hmm. We, you, you mentioned the guy the other day, Rick Preston. Rick Preston worked, I don't know how many, state high school boys basketball finals. Mm-hmm. And he and Bill Spriggs worked those as a two-man crew. Yeah, I cannot imagine doing that today. Right. I mean, true. I just I can't. Two main crew, doing that and, <laughs> and everything else that goes on with it. And I remember him talking to me about when he had to learn how to do three man mechanics, and how there were a bunch of guys that just didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, we've always worked two man, and we're going to work two man. Yep. Now it's this and that, and, you know, and you know, it's not just little. I mean, that's a big change. Yep. Yep. You know. What we do in officiating this year, we had a big change. Everybody had to go buy new shirts. Yeah, you know, and everybody has their opinion on whether it's a good looking shirt mm-hmm. or it's not a good looking shirt. And one of the things I think we want to differentiate here, our, our first step towards finding success was that ability to grind. Our second step is embracing change. That does not mean I have to like it. Right. I don't have to like. I don't have to like the shirt. Mm-hmm. I don't have to like last year's jacket. Yep. Even though I'm just fine with both of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. I don't have to like it, but I do have to embrace it, because otherwise I'm going to spend so much energy fighting the change that it holds me back. Yep. At best, it keeps me stable, mm-hmm. but more than likely, it's going to hold me back, and it's not going to propel me towards success. Uh, how do you work at embracing change in your life? Well, one of the big things I love about change, because I love it, you know, I probably love change more than I love failure, <laughs> you know, and, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. When people are wasting all the energy of being upset with the change, I, and I don't spend it, I use that energy and to learn the changes. That means I'm at minimum one day ahead of them. It probably more like weeks in two. I'm a month ahead of someone when the changes and they're still trying to grasp it, and I'm already, I've already learned it. So that makes me more valuable. Mm-hmm. That, that makes, and that makes me more confident stepping into the to the workforce. Yeah, I got the changes down. Yeah, you know, I can remember when you know video first started coming out. It was a big thing, and you know, I was working like whatever, a couple, two or three games, and I, you know, I went out and bought myself a sacrifice and bought a five hundred dollar laptop and with the DVD player in it and did all these things. And I, and I sacrificed time Googling, how do I clip plays and did all that stuff. And I showed up and I, with, and met a, a fellow referee. We met at a Starbucks, not you, by the way. And uh, we met at a Starbucks and I showed him these plays that we had on video. And he's like, how did you do this? Well, I just, I did it because this is where the game was going and I didn't want to miss it. Mm-hmm. You know, and we, 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 we really... We deal with it every day, every year in education. And every year in every education, there's always some sort of change via the schedule. So two, 2019 to 20, class started at 8, got out at 3.15. Next year starts at 8.15, gets out at 3.30. You know, next year it starts at 8.05. It changes all the time, every year. Should be no problem changing with this. Mm-hmm. And where it, it's not... the if you're having trouble with change, I don't believe it's your fault. 
I'm going to go on a little bit of tangent here, Chad. I'm, I'm sorry. Shocked. I know. So shocked. <laughs> but I believe it starts with our education system. We don't teach change very well in the school system. We don't. 12 o'clock rings. What do we all do? We go eat lunch. If we were to say, we're going to eat lunch at 11.15 today, not 12, we would have every adult in the building in a high-speed fall apart. Wait, we planned on eating lunch at 12. We can't change. Not every adult. I may be exaggerating there. but And we would have multiple kids go, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not supposed to eat until noon. We're, we're, we're trained in that way. And that's what's going to make you uncommon. When that change happens and you embrace it, you will be amongst the uncommon. We have to have the ability to grind. We have to embrace change. And obviously, these are stair-stepped on each other because it's really hard to embrace change if I'm not willing to do the grind to, to learn that change and, and to do that. The last one is one that, that I think is really key. And again, this, this is not just in the world of officiating. I believe these are principles for life. I believe these are principles for leadership. When... When we learn to find value in others, I believe that is the ultimate building block towards success. It is so contrary to the culture that we live in. Mm -hmm. Our culture says, what do I have to do to get ahead? Mm -hmm. We even talk about, you know, that American go get them kind of philosophy where we pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and we go make it happen. Mm -hmm. And that's just not the way that we really find success. First of all, we, we've said officiating is a team sport, right? I mean, officiating, it, it does not happen within a vacuum. Your work does not happen within a vacuum. Even, even if you are a, a small business owner where you're the only employee, guess what? It still doesn't happen in a vacuum. You still have to send your stuff out through the post office yeah. or UPS or FedEx. or You've got customers that you have to interact with. I mean, it does not happen on an island. And the most successful people that I see around me are people that find the value in others. And not just value that it brings to them, not just how can they benefit me, but just the intrinsic value that they bring to our culture, to our society, to our world. Um, talk a little bit about what it means to find value in others. Well. First, I have to say this. People want to be around you if you are valuing them. That, that If you are valuing the people around you, whoever that is, they will continue to want to be around you. That, that is something. Because people, they love to be, you know, they love to feel valued. And if you don't do that, no one's going to want to be around you. And that's, I think that's what's so important about it. And I'm not just talking about like big value and giving, you know, four house payments to a team, for a, to a, a family that's in need. You know, just a simple value as let me get that door for you. Mm -hmm. You know, I value you coming in. I value, thank you for buying me that coffee or whatever that may be. We have to show that, you know, even something simple as learning your someone's name. You know, many locker room attendants that I have, I know their name mm -hmm. and they feel valued. So guess what? They want to see me again. They want to, they want to be part of that. And if you're not valuing the people around you, 
whether they're helping you, hurting you, we don't care if they're with you or against you. You have to value them because even the people that are against you, you'll find some ways to learn a lot of things from them, even if we learn what not to do. Yeah. You know, so we have to find a way to value everyone we're around. And it needs to be, as I've said, you know, many, many times, it needs to be a daily practice. Don't just wake up on a Wednesday. Go, okay, today's my value day. I'm going to value some people today. No, don't just wait for Christmas to show some value. We want to do it all the time, daily practice. So it becomes second nature. So that way everyone wants to be around you. And then you'll find yourself at the top of the hill. You know, it, it comes back to this idea of selflessness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard to find value in others if I am self-focused. Yep. Um, if I'm self-focused, I have a relationship with Jeff because I think Jeff can help further my career. Mm-hmm. That's not why I have a relationship with Jeff. Right. He hasn't gotten me jack squat. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> He's above average. <laughs> no. Um, you know, if, if I'm self-focused... Then when I'm working with somebody who's who's maybe not that good that night, and maybe maybe they regularly are, but that night they're just having a bad game or whatever's going on, now I'm frustrated with them. And when the coach says something in my ear, I'm like, yeah, you're right. They're having a horrible game, mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, that's, that's what happens when we're self-focused. Mm-hmm. But when we're selfless and we find value in others, we find things about them to celebrate. We find things about them that that we then can take and add into our game. Uh, there's a official that I work with uh, at some of the levels that I'm at, um, who is a, a superintendent of schools. And if you were to if you were to ask him, he would tell you that officiating is not his number one priority in life. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not. He's mm-hmm. he's not trying to get to levels that I'm at. You know that I want to be at or things like that. One of the things I absolutely love every time that I work a game with him is just picking his brain about how he deals with people. Because mm. as a superintendent, he has to deal with every nut job in the district. Yeah. Right. Most of the time, he's not having conversations with the people that think everything's great. Yeah. Right. He's having conversations with people that are all mad and going to go to the paper, going to mm. go do whatever. And I learned so much every single time I'm around him because. I, I understand that there's value in him, mm-hmm. uh, not just to his district, not just to the students in his, you know, but to his family and to our officiating world and all because of what he brings to the table. Yep. Um, we have a, a local umpire near us who has recently retired from working games, no longer out on the field. Great guy. He calls me up. Three or four times during the season. Hey, you got anybody you'd like me to go watch? Mm. You know? And again, it's that so he, he sees that there's a value in another generation of officials coming up. And so he'll go watch a game. And he'll sit around and he'll talk with the guys afterwards. And he'll call me up and he'll give me his take on mm. what went well and what didn't. And how these guys can get better. And I absolutely love that. Because understanding that there is still value to what he brings to the table but even more than that he sees the value in others that's why he's so successful um you know when people see you and other officials like you one of the reasons that they're excited when they see you walk through the door is not because you're a good official 
is not because you're going to teach them something, but it's because they know that you value them. Mm-hmm. You know, and the the greatest way you can love your kids is to let them know that you value them. Yep. The greatest way you can love your spouse is to let them know you value them. Uh, the greatest way that you can be an asset at work is to let them know that you value them and the opportunities that you get there. And uh, I, I think that's so key. And what's interesting to me as we look at these, you know, we said that the, those steps that lead towards failure is when we get in our own way, when we miss the stuff in the margins and our unwillingness to sacrifice. And really what we've said is that those steps towards success are, are the opposite of those. You're right. You know, mm-hmm. instead of getting in our own way, we just need to do the grind. Yep. Instead of saying we can't, let's find a way to make it happen. Yep. Even um, if we don't want to, just do it. That's right. You know, when it comes to all that stuff on the edges, it, you know, that maybe it's the calendar. Maybe mm-hmm. it's, well, when I started out, we did it in a paper calendar. Or then mm-hmm. we just had one assigning software. I got 10 I have to do this year, right? Crazy, right. You know, and instead of getting upset and messing up that stuff in the margins, just embracing the change. You know, embracing the change that says I have to be more aware with my social media and things like that today mm-hmm. than maybe we did before. Yep. Um, that kind of stuff. Uh, understanding. It, and, you know, the change, right? We, you know, the, the change of uh, whether it be rule changes, bosses, you know, all that stuff. We, like, listen, I've been, I've been just plugging away just fine for the past 15 years. I'm not going to change. Well, good news. If you don't, you will get left behind. Mm-hmm. All because you wanted to stand on this hill, you don't want to change. However, however the world is changing, or however the officiating world is changing, your job. So, it, I, I think that if if I was to pick out of any of them, that's the biggest one: embrace change, yeah. and tackle then, it. And then when we look at that last one, that unwillingness to sacrifice. Well, what's what's the opposite of that? Mm-hmm. It's that selflessness. Mm-hmm. It's you know finding value in others. And uh, for me, you know, for you, embracing that change is that big one. For me, it's this finding value in others because um, I, I'm only going to accomplish so many things in the world of officiating. You know, there, there will be a cap someday mm-hmm. on what I'm able to do. Mm-hmm. But there's no cap on the impact that I can make on other people. Right. Long after I'm off a basketball court or a baseball field, I still want to be able to make a positive impact on people around me. Mm-hmm. So if everything about my officiating life is about me, 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 I'm never going to be able to do that. Right. And uh, I can't. I can't wait to look for ways intentionally this year to find value in others. And it's my hope that as you are listening to this podcast that you would even be thinking right now of one person maybe that you just need to shoot a text to right Mm -hmm. now. Or maybe you need to send an email or just call on the phone. I mean, imagine that voice-to-voice contact in this day and age. Crazy. It is crazy. (laughs) But maybe there's somebody that just right now, uh, whether you pause it right now or we're going to end here in about 30 seconds, wait till this is over, and then just immediately reach out and make contact. Say, I just want you to know I really, I really value you and find that right terminology for you to say, but that's what will make a difference. It's what will make an impact long after you've blown your last whistle mm. or called your last strike. Uh, it's what's going to make a difference. Yeah. yeah. Value that other person's opinion. You know, not only want to value the people, right? But the best way to do it is when you ask them a question, you've, you're asking them because you're, you value their thoughts, Yeah. you know, and you, 
if you're not asking people questions, that's the you're probably don't you probably don't value them. You got to you got to figure out what they're doing, what they're about. You're valuing them by finding out how what they're how many kids they have and you know when's the last time you had steak dinner whatever that might be but you got to find a way to invest in them and then hear those answers because you value their opinion and then they will feel valued and it's amazing how that stuff will just follow you around yeah as we uh, as we wrap this today there was a study done recently and it said that well over 80 percent of americans feel dissatisfied mm. in life mm-hmm 80% of Americans feel dissatisfied. That's four out of every five people, which means that if you're finding satisfaction in life, you are uncommon. Uncommon, yep. You are uncommon. And so do something today, something to move that needle to 79 yep. or 78 or 77 as your uncommon drive towards success makes an impact not only in your life, but in the lives of others around you. Thanks so much for hanging with us today. Can't wait to talk with you next week. See you guys. Thanks for being a part of the Uncommon Drive podcast. We hope that you will check us out online, that you'll give us a five-star rating, and that you'll subscribe so that we can share more content like this with you in the future. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.